Welcome to the Pets Who Thrive podcast, where we cover all areas of natural animal health and challenge what we've been conditioned to think regarding how to raise and keep a healthy pet. My name is Tammy. I'm an entrepreneur and a certified animal naturopath with a passion for animals and empowering other pet owners with tools for creating the healthiest version of your amazing pets. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome. I am so glad you're joining me today. I have a wonderful guest back with us, Dr. Todd Cooney, and he is here today talking about orthopedics and homeopathy. So I want us to really dive deep into this um, topic because there's so many, many pets that are plagued with orthopedic issues. So first of all, thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Todd. It's so good to have you on again. Thanks, Tammy. My pleasure. Yeah. So... I hear it all the time. I know you've got to hear it all the time. Orthopedic injuries are just, it seems like they're on the rise from, you know, a dog, you know, tearing its CCL to, you know, spraining something. I mean, it could be anything um, going lame. Um, And unfortunately, there's there's just not a lot of help uh, from conventional medicine. In fact, many vets and specialists um, may even recommend euthanasia. And I know a lot of people just feel helpless whenever it comes to this. So I want to just talk to you about and have you, you know, maybe explain to us where does homeopathy fall in the realm of orthopedic work? Yeah, that's a really good question. And you know, one that I didn't think of when I first started studying homeopathy because I thought it probably was outside of uh, the reach of homeopathy because, you know, you think of orthopedics, think of fractures and cruciate tears and things like that that almost always need surgery, right? Well, um, but, uh, but, but homeopathy, um, you know, orthopedics fall into like local, they call them local injuries maladies and things that affect certain parts of the body, specific parts of the body, like your knee or your hip or your foot. And uh, homeopathy can really help there because, um, you know, when the body's hurting, really the whole body's hurting, not just that one part. The whole body's struggling, trying to get back in balance. And so homeopathy can really help um, the body to do that, you know, get back in balance and help the specific problem in the meantime. So... So it's a great way to support the healing process, you know, as it is with any other problem. And, you know, as you mentioned, these things really are on the rise. It seems like I I see a big difference compared to when I first started practicing in the 80s. You know, it's a lot different now. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Probably complicated, but, um, but a lot of it... it also is, I think, how conventional medicine treats these things. You know, they treat it by suppressing the symptoms and not really by helping the healing. And if we help the healing process, a lot of times the body can do amazing things, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, and if we take a, a kind of a deeper look at, you know, some of the things that some of the factors that go into healing, um, I know that, you know, inflammation is considered kind of a bad word you know, when it comes to like conventional or allopathic medicine. But I wanted to see if maybe you could talk a little bit about maybe the three stages of healing and then also as it relates to inflammation and 
NSAIDs, you know, kind of some of the, the experience you've had around that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, inflammation, you're right. Inflammation is a lot of times seen as the enemy. You know, we have to get rid of inflammation um, at all costs, you know, to make the patient more comfortable, whether it's you or your dog. <laughs> and uh, but, but if you think about it, uh, nothing would heal without inflammation. I mean, if you didn't have inflammation, you'd be dead, you know, because nothing could heal in your body because inflammation is what makes things heal. And, yeah, it has three stages. You know, the, the pathologists and the people who study this kind of thing, they divide it into the inflammatory phase, which starts right away after the injury. And this is when all these inflammatory cells are coming in and there's different chemicals coming into the area to help start this repair process and different specialized cells, depending on what kind of tissue you're dealing with. But um, with bones, it's, it's cells that come in and help repair the bone. But um, so then you have that stage at first, and then that's probably the first three or four days. And then it goes into the reparative stage, which lasts several weeks. And this is the real building stage when things really start to get stronger and heal up. And then after that comes the uh, remodeling phase. When and mostly we're talking about injuries here, but this this is true even with like cuts in the skin or bruises to the muscle or you know any kind of injury goes through these stages. So so when we you know the conventional approach is always to take an anti-inflammatory. I mean everybody knows that phrase anti-inflammatory, and the drugs used commonly are called NSAIDs or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs because steroids definitely are anti-inflammatory, but steroids have kind of fallen out of favor um, over time because of side effects. So mm -hmm. non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs came along as the acceptable substitute for steroids. And so, you know, somehow it was thought that using a non-steroidal drug was better than using a steroid but actually, they both, you know, they both tend to block healing because when they block inflammation, they block healing. So whenever I hear anti-inflammatory, I hear anti-healing. Yes. I think I think that's a really key thing to keep in mind. And hmm. but people, you know, people are always concerned about pain, as they should be. Like, you know, well, what are we going to do about pain? Well, the nice thing with homeopathy is the remedies can relieve pain very well, but they they also promote healthy inflammation. They promote um, beneficial inflammation, you know, not destructive inflammation. Mm -hmm. So it helps the body go through this repair process and also helps control pain at the same time. So it's like it's like a win-win situation, really, mm -hmm. using homeopathy for most of these things. And, you know, we, we see great results. I mean, since I've started... Since I've stopped using non-steroidal drugs and, uh, you know, conventional drugs, we just see much better results in healing mm -hmm. almost across the board, you know, no matter whether it's an orthopedic problem or some other type of problem. Right. Well, and I know from um, just recent experience for my own self is um, I just experienced uh, a carpal tunnel surgery and... Yeah. Um, immediately started taking Arnica at a higher dose um, multiple times a day for several days. And I, I, I mean, I was amazed and the surgeon was amazed at, you know, the lack of bruising and 
how quickly from one day to the next, I mean, you know, it still hurt, but the change in pain, you know, let's say would go from a nine to a six, you know, which is pretty significant, you know. It's amazing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was just helping the body do its job, really. Oh, yeah. Well, nothing nothing speaks so loud as having that kind of firsthand experience, you know. I've, exactly. I've been, I've been through that, too, with having, you know, both knees replaced and and just sitting there sipping my arnica for a few days after surgery and um, really not relying on much else. You know, it was really an incredible experience, you know, when you, when you see it firsthand. I know, I know. So yeah. it gives us more confidence than to help help our animals in the same way. You know, exactly. We, we, we've been through it ourselves. So, yeah. yeah. One of the things I find interesting about NSAIDs, just kind of go back to that, is um, a lot of people don't realize that they actually cause some of the issues that they're trying to prevent. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, and that's true with a lot of conventional drugs in general when you mm-hmm. look at like if you look at a drug and look it up in the reference and look at the side effects, what what they call side effects are actually just effects of the drug, mm-hmm. which which we are not what we intended, so we call them side effects. But like like seizure drugs, one of the common side effects is seizures, and you know drugs used to treat vomiting and nausea. A side effect can be vomiting and nausea. So, <laughs> That's so know. interesting. Yes. Uh, but yeah, a lot of studies have shown that people that take a lot of NSAIDs tend to have, uh, you know, tends to speed up joint damage. Tends to they tend to have more joint replacements and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like you said, it it can cause the very thing you're trying to treat. Yeah, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing that I think you know, just kind of looking at the, I guess overall picture and how it all works together is how nutrition plays a role in healing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nutrition is, is key as it is with just about anything, you know, mm-hmm. any, any kind of health problem. We want to make sure the diet is really good. Um, the best possible. Yeah. You know, and a high quality. Uh, I always encourage people to feed a high quality diet with fresh ingredients as much as they can. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody can do that. So, you know, if they can just feed the best possible diet, mm-hmm. I think that's a, a really big step. Absolutely. And, and, you know, just realizing that nutrition is, is important and it makes sense because you're giving the body, you know, raw materials to help do this repair work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Kind of follows the garbage in, garbage out rule. <laughs> mm, exactly. Yeah. The yeah, the yeah. the body can't do as much of the cleaning up and the healing when it's not mm-hmm. given the proper fuel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so one true. of the things that I know we're we're gonna review some of the um homeopathic remedies that you found useful for several different orthopedic issues, but um I wanted to talk first if we could about hip dysplasia. I know um, a lot of people have dogs that are plagued with that. And before we kind of get into what will help it, um, I thought it would be good if you could explain what it is. Um, Yeah, hip hip dysplasia um, really is considered, um, you know, most people will consider it like a genetic problem of dogs. And it it can be genetic, and it tends to happen more in some breeds than in others. but dysplasia really just means like an abnormal formation or abnormal development. So 
really you're talking about um, just an abnormal hip joint. Mm -hmm. And so most times in dogs, it, it shows up in younger dogs because it shows up early in life. And a lot of dogs, if they're going to have trouble with hip dysplasia, they'll have trouble with it. Um, they'll have trouble with it before they're a year old a lot of times. Hmm. And they'll start having symptoms, and you can x-ray these dogs and, and see abnormal, you know, abnormal joints on the x-rays. So, um, but it really, um, really boils down to uh, looseness in the hip joint. So as the dog is younger, the joint, the joint is too loose and then they have trauma and wear and tear that's abnormal from that looseness in the joint. So that's, that's the main thing. And I, I got to really learn a lot about hip dysplasia when I was a military vet in the Army because we did a lot of work with the military dogs, of course. And hip dysplasia is a really big deal because if the dog's hips go bad, he's, he's no good for working sure. anymore. Oh, wow. And so they would get retired from the military. <laughs> and yeah. sometimes, they, sometimes they wouldn't even get into the military because if they had bad hips, the yeah. military wouldn't wouldn't take them on in the first place so it was a really key thing and i i got to understand it you know much more than i did just from my early early training to vet school mm -hmm. um but i didn't understand it completely i don't think until i took the homeopathic training and you know realized that a lot of the the looseness of the joints and the damage to the joints really is um kind of falls into the same category as vaccinosis so Mm. You know, vaccine damage, mm -hmm. you know, causes the autoimmune destruction to the connective tissues, ligaments, and tendons, which results in looseness of joints, which results in hip dysplasia. So, right. so it's kind of a, a kind of a cascade of events, you know, a perfect storm of things when it shows up in dogs. Right. And one thing I was telling you earlier is that we hardly see it in our practice anymore because we don't vaccinate puppies anymore. Amazing. So I think there, I think there's a connection there. Absolutely. And, uh, also, natural breeders who don't do much vaccinating, they rarely have any trouble with hip dysplasia. So, so I don't think it's a completely genetic thing, and I think genetics sometimes are used as a cop out mm -hmm. um, to blame things on that you know we don't have a lot of control over. Yeah, exactly. Where we feel like we don't have control. Yeah, and one of the things too, I just want to. I feel like I need to say here is that a lot of times people, you know, they might have a six-year-old dog, you know, and they're like, well, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't vaccinate anymore, you know, and they yeah. don't realize maybe those puppy shots were enough to, oh, yeah. do you know what I mean? So yeah. a lot of times people yeah. think, well, I don't vaccinate my dog, you know, well, you know, mm -hmm. did they have yeah. vaccines yeah. at some point? You yeah. Know, all it takes right. is one, you know? Yeah. One, yeah. With, with, I mean, with bad luck, one one is enough that can trigger that cascade of yeah. of bad events. So, yeah, and I see a lot of dogs that you know have been vaccinated for years, and now they're like middle age, and the people have decided to stop vaccinating. But yeah, they don't realize that the damage is is already there. Sure, yeah, and um, not not that it can't be addressed. You know, we can still address it with homeopathy, but we may not be as successful. Mm -hmm. as with a dog that, say, didn't get any or maybe got one vaccine. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. So what do you find are some of the um, the homeopathic remedies that 
give some of those hip dysplasia dogs some relief? Um, well, there's there's several that are really good and ones that are kind of our go-to remedies for most dogs that show up with these kind of complaints. Um, you know, not necessarily going alphabetically, but Arnica is a lot of times the first remedy people think of with any kind of pain mm-hmm. or any kind of injury. And it, and it should be. I mean, it's got a well-deserved reputation, you know, mm-hmm. for being very good for a lot of different things, um, especially acute injuries. You know, if you're out hiking or running with your dog and next day they're, or that night even, they're acting like their legs are bothering them. Arnica is always a good thing to think of. Mm-hmm. And, and it can really help um, early on a lot of times. So it's a good thing to try. You know, I don't think there's ever a reason not to give Arnica if you're seeing any kind of signs of pain or or injury-related problems. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a real good one. And Arnica can be used, you know, along with other remedies too. So if you find other remedies, like the other two that are really big with um, – joints and hip problems are uh, Roostox, mm-hmm. you know, which is short for Roostox Goodendron, which is the remedy made from poison ivy. Um, it's a really good one for joint pain, and it especially has the feature of pain that gets better with movement. So that's typical of most arthritis yes. symptoms. You know, the more they get up, like when they first get up in the morning or from laying down, they're real <laughs> stiff, and then they start moving, and it gets better the more they move. You know, I'm mm-hmm. kind of that way in the morning. I was going to say, kind of <laughs> like, you know, as we get older, most, things slow down. Most people over 40 can relate to that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, they also call it the rusty gate, rusty gate syndrome. Oh, yeah, that's gate. good. So wrist talks has had a reputation for a long time and also sprains and strains the sprained uh sprained and strained ligaments and tendons really benefit from wrist talks um, but the other one is ruda and they sound similar but ruda uh ruda grav is made from the root plant and it's a really good remedy for strained ten, uh, ligaments actually we use this a lot for dogs that hurt their cruciate ligament mm-hmm. and a lot of times we'll just have people give Ruta in the morning and give Arnica at night, hmm. or vice versa. Give yeah. one in the morning, the other one at night. And they can do that as the dog's recuperating. And a lot of times that will work really well. So, um, but, you know, those are those are more for the acute stage of the problem. Mm-hmm. But a really good remedy for the deeper underlying stage is Calcarea carbonica, which really fits a lot of arthritis symptoms and it's a major remedy for dogs that have arthritic problems because it, it really can work on a deeper level. And so what, what a lot of folks do, um, dogs with cruciate, cruciate injuries, for instance, you know, or, or hip dysplasia, either one, they can start giving calcarea like once a month or every mm-hmm. three weeks or so, not repeating very often. And then they could use wrist or arnica in between as needed and that that a lot of times can really guide a dog into a better place you know in a, yeah. in a shorter time than if you weren't doing anything at all or or compared to using non-steroidal drugs you know that's that's a really good option yeah so and, and calcarea has a lot of the same symptoms as wrist you know the stiffness it's better for movement things like mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. yeah and it sounds yeah. like that would also you know, fit the hip dysplasia situation as well. 
Definitely, yeah. Mm -hmm. It definitely does. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and usually with, like, a hip dysplasia situation, I'll I'll start off giving Thuya at first because of the vaccinosis part oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, because, you know, Thuya can address that a little better than some of these other remedies, you mm -hmm. know, being specific for that kind of problem. Um, or sometimes we'll go back and give Thuya if we're giving remedies and it doesn't seem to be helping, you know. Think, well, yeah. maybe we need to give Thuya, you know. It's, mm -hmm. So... Yeah, so it's really good for me to keep in mind with joint problems. Yeah. Well, those are super good and, you know, um, ones that people can hopefully remember for some of the hip dysplasia and arth arthritis. Um, what mm -hmm. about, like, bones? What do you find that, that work best with kind of healing the bones? Um, yeah, good, good, good point, good question. Um, well, you know, in vet school, they would always tell us that there's no way you can speed up healing. Healing healing always takes a certain amount of time, and you can't make it go faster. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I found that that isn't totally true. And it's actually been documented, and there's been studies done with homeopathy and fractures. And um, some remedies really can speed up bone healing by almost 50%. So, and we see it all the time. And the... the Remedy is specific for fractures is called symphytum, and symphytum is a wonderful remedy, and we send it home with every animal that has a fracture, you know, whether we whether we do surgery on it or whether we uh, put a splint on or, you know, whatever we're doing to treat the fracture. We, we give arnica first. We give arnica for the first couple of days, but then we, we send symphytum. We have them give it every day for a week or two. And then back off to two or three times a week after that until the fracture's healed. And a lot of times the fracture will be healed in two or three weeks. You know, we'll have puppies come in and they've taken their own splint off or something and they're and they're totally healed, you know, and it's wow. it's so, sooner than it should be according to the textbook. So I've heard the the uh, saying goes with that the symphytum is the uh, surprise the surgeon remedy. It is, yeah, yeah. We had well, one of our uh, one of our employees, her daughter broke her arm one time playing playing sports, and they put a cast on it, and she went back in to get a cast change at two weeks, and they X-rayed it, and it was totally healed. She'd been giving some vitamin, and the the orthopedic surgeon said, oh, "This is crazy, you know. I don't know what happened." And they said, well, we're giving some vitamin. And he said, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> so they, yeah. Yeah, That's they explained great. to him, you know, yeah, so here's someone who's been through all the best human surgery training and has never heard of some vitamin. So it's just, you know, it's a sad truth of modern medicine, though. It, it ignores things that it didn't know about. That's right. Uh, but he, he heard about some vitamin that day. Exactly. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's made a difference. But Yeah, and it, a lot of times it's... Uh, Talked up to, oh, that was a fluke, unfortunately. But, yeah. Yeah. That was really, yeah. And that's, yeah, and we've had the same experience, though, with puppies. And even if we have to do surgery and, like, put a bone pin in, a lot of times the pin will start coming out on its own, you know, before you think it's time. And the puppy's fine. We take the pin out and the leg's fine. It's solid. Wow. And so. Yeah. It's pretty, that's amazing. It's pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing stuff. And, and hard to chalk that up to placebo, you know, because That's people right. like to call homeopathy placebo. But, mm -hmm. you know, when it's doing things like that in animals, I don't think you can really call no, it placebo. It's, yeah, it's very hard to say that. 
yeah. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I really was Im- just impressed with that I was hoping that you would cover is the you had a couple of cases that you mentioned in this article that um, that you wrote a few years back. And it was just some um, case studies regarding a fracture and then also CCL tears. And I thought, you know, let's yeah. let's at least share this because this is amazing information. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I kind of, in the article that you're referring to, I kind of summarized just experience. I, I went back through my cases like over, a, I don't know, a three or four year period when I was writing this article. And um, I pulled out, and I forget how I searched the case files, but I, I, I ended up with 80 cases that were um, bone fractures, limb fractures of the legs. Um, well, actually, six, actually, 64 of the 80 cases were fractures. That's what it was, orthopedic cases. So I had 80 orthopedic cases, 64. So the majority were fractures. And 16 out of the 80 were cruciate ruptures. 12 of the 16 were second opinions who came in because they were trying to avoid surgery. Mm-hmm. And they, they had heard that we were doing something without surgery. Mm-hmm. Um and the, the nice thing is, is all 80 of these cases healed very well without, um, with just homeopathy and nutritional therapy. Now, some of the fractures did end up, um, of the 64 fractures, 50 of them required a splint. So that's just a non-invasive thing where you put a splint on the outside of the mm-hmm. leg and help it heal. 14 needed uh, surgery, so they had to have internal fixation, mm-hmm. like a bone, a bone pin or wires. And those are the only type type of fixation I do. I do pins and wires. I don't do bone plates. Okay. So, um, but but all eighty cases healed, and all of the Cushy cases healed without surgery, which is pretty amazing. Well, it was amazing to me because in vet school we're told that if they're over thirty pounds, they have to have surgery. They can't heal without surgery. If it's cruciate, well, we forgot to tell the 210-pound St. Bernard that he needed surgery, and he healed his cruciate without, yeah, he healed his cruciate without surgery. And all the dogs I saw in the in the cruciate ruptured category, they were all big dogs. I mean, I don't think anybody was under 50 pounds. Wow! So they were on they were all in that category that supposedly has to have surgery or they can't heal, and they all healed fine without surgery. Wow. Um. The only one I did surgery on was a dog, I think, where the the clients insisted, like mm-hmm. a week into the treatment, they, they decided they just really wanted to have surgery. And so we did. We did the surgery because I've done a lot of those in the past. And this dog took longer to heal than any of the other dogs. Yeah. <laughs> so, Isn't that amazing? Um, and, I, you know, just to add to that, before I yeah. knew much about, you know, holistic medicine and homeopathy, any of that. I had a border collie that um, tore her CCL and, you know, went and took her to the specialist, the surgical center Mm -hmm. and, you know, being the pet parent that I was, you know, they said, Oh, you got to have TPLO surgery. And I said, okay, sign me up, you know, well, Oh my gosh, her, she was, uh, I guess there's a certain percentage of dogs that will reject the plate. Yeah, and she happened yeah. to be one of them. 
And so she kept having all this infection and drainage out of her knee. Um, So she ended up having to be on antibiotics for a month solid um, Mm. to, so that the plate, so that the, so that the um, wound could heal well enough for them to go back, remove the plates and then, and then, you know, sew her back up. So, what a nightmare. Yeah. What a nightmare. It's, and then Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, even, you know, she had horrible arthritis, you know, uh, mm-hmm. later on after, you know, healing. So yeah, mm-hmm. so that's when I really started opening my eyes to there's yeah. gotta be a better way. Yeah. And I and I've heard a lot of those horror stories from people that have had the you know, the cruciate surgeries, either the TPLO or the the other one that I forget what it's called. <laughs> yeah. The PPA or I don't know. But there's there are two different surgeries. TPLO is the one that's done most commonly now, the one the surgeons prefer. Um, I always did this the lateral the lateral um, a wire fixation or we use nylon, you know, we use a nylon suture. And dogs did pretty well with that. They tolerated it very well. It's not nearly as invasive as the TPLO. Mm-hmm where they're going in and cutting bone and they kind of resurface the bone and put bone plates in. And it's a really invasive procedure and the long-term results just haven't been that great, you know, with Mm -hmm. it. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've seen dogs that have had one leg done with TPLO and then they decide to try homeopathy on the second one. Guess which one did better. (laughs) No, I know. Well, and since then, um, unfortunately I've had several dogs, um, you know, since then that have had um, torn CCLs and I have opted not to use surgery and use homeopathy in a brace. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't always get back to being, you know, Olympic athletes, but they they get back to being functional and pain-free most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's encouraging, you know, especially to those listeners out there that, you know, was they were like me. You know, I didn't know there was any other option. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't know either. And um, that, like I said in the beginning, that was one of the areas where I thought homeopathy probably wouldn't be very helpful. Yeah. You know, except except maybe for pain relief. But it's amazing to watch these these things heal up that way. Exactly. Well. I know. Yeah. One of the cases that you had in here too, I was just I was mm-hmm. amazed at, and that was the dog that. Um, had a broken pelvis. Oh yeah. 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 She was a fun case because it was one of the first times I think we'd seen a dog come in like that. Um, got referred from another clinic or they had been at another clinic and this clinic was actually talking about euthanizing the dog and she was pretty painful, but we, we just, she came in late in the day. We gave her Arnica high potency. I think like a, like a 10 M or higher maybe. I gave her one dose. I came back in later that night, and she was sleeping. I woke her up and gave her a second dose. Aww. And then the next morning, she was standing up in her kennel barking, wanting breakfast, you know. And, wow. And she was a little bit light on that leg. She wasn't putting full weight on it, but she was starting to touch it down a little bit already. and only been 24 hours. Um, and she went on and healed. Yeah, she healed completely. I mean, within a couple of weeks, she was all healed. Well, and that was a case, too, that the vet – had kind of recommended euthanasia, right? 
Yeah, they had. They had given him a real bad prognosis mm. and said that we probably should, because the pelvis was broken in about three or four wow. places. And it looked, it looked pretty bad on the x-ray, and it was broken right through one of the hip joints. And so those, those don't tend to heal very well on their own, but they decided to give it a try. Yeah. And a lot of pelvic fractures can heal pretty well on their own, just... Yeah, that was amazing though, and the techs were even amazed, and they'd they'd seen homeopathy work already, but yeah, they hadn't seen anything of that extent. That's that's so pretty that was, cool when you see that. No question. That was a fun case. Yeah, we actually got videos of her walking the next day, and it was it was fun. Oh wow! To watch her, she was walking laps around the kennel. On um, she was on leash, but she was walking and putting that foot down. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know that the vet that she saw. I mean, they they don't know any other way, you know. So why no. would why would this not be a euthan as you know euthanized dog at this point? Yeah, well, yeah, in their experience, that's probably what yeah. they, they had seen. Is dogs just go downhill because they put them on drugs that are going to block mm-hmm. the healing, sure. and then they they just don't heal up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So if you were kind of to sum up a little bit of, I don't know, just kind of conclusion of all of this, of, you know, what you've seen over the years and what you've learned, what would you say? Um, well, I would say, you know, homeopathy is amazing. Mm-hmm. The body is amazing in its ability to repair itself. And it does the best when we do things that don't interfere, you know, that don't block that that healing process and homeopathy is a great example. Not that it's the only thing that works that way, but homeopathy is one of the ways that you can really help healing without getting in the way, mm-hmm. you know, and you can really help uh, relieve pain and restore function and just help the body do what it's supposed to do, which is fix itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think too, like with these chronic issues that, like hip dysplasia, for example, or the, yeah. even the CCL. I mean, that's a chronic issue. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's not like all of a sudden it's not going to have, they're not going to have hip dysplasia, but they're going to yeah. be able to man, you're going to be able to manage it. And yeah, yeah. dogs are going to be as uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And, and hopefully in a lot of situations like that, you know, you may, um, you're shooting for improving quality of life. You know, that's you right. Make their quality of life a lot better. And just the fact of not having to be on drugs the rest of their life, you know, mm-hmm. is a big improvement of quality of life. So oh, if they sure. can, if they can be functional and they can be pretty happy and pretty pain free most of the time, mm-hmm. I think that's a, I think that's a big success. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to add or uh, close up with, Doctor Todd? Um, well, just just to um, you know, keep 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 being curious and keep checking into things like this that that go off of the beaten path a little bit because homeopathy is definitely off. Yeah. Well, it definitely seems to be off the beaten path, but actually, there's a well-worn path of yes. homeopaths that have gone over the last two hundred years. There's a lot of information there. Um, some of it's being suppressed, you know, and we all know how that works right now mm-hmm. with with information being censored and suppressed. But there are some really good uh, references still out there to homeopathy mm-hmm. and some good books. So you can, you know, you can find books and learn a lot of this on your own. There's good courses online 
and you can you can get proficient with these remedies and you only need to learn like a half a dozen or you know 10 remedies or so to really have a pretty good handle on what to do in emergencies yeah you know how to help your dog and help yourself really yeah well and for those people that may mm -hmm. be also curious on um you know when Mm -hmm. you mentioned emergencies it made me think of we did a two-part series on kind of the emergency kit using homeopathy exactly yeah exactly that is a really good one too yeah it it really it really empowers people you know to, to put that back in your control and you can you can handle a lot of situations with may have uh, made you go to the ER in the past. And, and I'm, not, I'm not faulting emergency clinics at all. I mean, we, we need emergency of clinics. Course. But yeah. There's a, there's a lot of things you can do even on the way to the emergency clinic mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> that, that may make things better. Yeah, that's right. So I think it's really worthwhile to learn about those. It really is. And, you know, just as, as, uh, as recent as just this past weekend, one of my dogs had a bout of diarrhea that was just awful. You know, I, I had told you mm-hmm. earlier, waking me up every two hours, you know, yeah. water diarrhea, um, you know, lots of noise. You could tell she was not happy, <laughs> but yeah. I know. And, but at the same time, I knew I had the tools within my reach to help her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I tried one and, you know, kind of, like from what I've, you know, learned, if you've tried like three doses and you're not seeing improvement, it's time to move on to the next one, you know? And so then I tried a second one and we didn't really get anywhere. But then when I tried that third one, bam, it just got it. And so, you know, it's, those are the kind of things where I think, you know, it's great to have that empowerment because, you know, we're so apt to just, oh my gosh, you know, we got to run to the, you know, emergency vet. And again, you may need to, but um, there are things that you can do, you know, to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, at home, you know, even before you go, yeah. if you feel like you need to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and the more you do it, the easier it becomes and mm-hmm. the more familiar, you know, it, it becomes more and more familiar. So you can yeah. really do a good job that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, this has been so great. And I hope that everyone that is listening has taken away some um Great information regarding orthopedics and the miracle of homeopathy in helping with the orthopedic issues. Yeah, I hope so too. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, thank you as always for joining me. This has been great. Mm. All right, we'll talk next time. My pleasure. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening in today. If you love this episode, share it with someone who may also want to help their pet. You can share it now or post it on social media. Tag me in it so that I can reach back out to you. I'm so proud of you for taking steps to help your amazing furry family member. Talk to you soon.